Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hockey Jersey Addicts, the podcast and support group for the addicted hockey jersey fan to talk twill, wool, acrylic, and polyester. Join us as we share what we've learned and uncovered about the game of hockey through collecting, restoring, customizing, and selling hockey jerseys. Around here, no jersey is too small or too big, too new or game-worn, too loud or too proud. We see everyone as equal and explore a diverse range of topics ongoing in the hockey community. We'll also dive into the vault with hockey history, trivia, and reminisce as much as possible about the grails we've got, the thrift store finds, and the watchlist wants. So put on some polyester, give us a listen, and if you like what you hear and want more, make sure to subscribe and follow us on your podcast station and social media of choice at Hockey Jersey Addicts. And remember, you miss 100% of the jerseys you don't collect. Hey everyone, hope you had a great week and welcome back to episode 3. I hope you've been handling the reverse retro news all right. There's some pretty amazing designs being leaked at the time of this episode release, but we still have no official announcements yet. So just a lot of reverse strip teasing going on and some nice concepts and leaks from places like Aesthetics. Not to worry, we do have plans on discussing all of it once the official photos are all released. The National Hockey League Awards, an all-star night with Alex Trebek as your host. The crowd gathers with all the celebrities as the National Hockey League honors its own for a season of excellence, a season of excitement. It's all-star entertainment on CBC Television, the National Hockey League Awards. tonight. This week's episode centers around Remembrance Day. Originally, this episode was scripted to talk about Remembrance Day, the Memorial Cup, and to focus on a chat with current Air Force comm specialist and Jersey addict Kenny Wilcox, a.k.a. Small Boy Spock. But first, I just want to say thanks for the memories and rest in peace, Alex Trebek and Howie Meeker. Both those people were incredible human beings. Most people know Alex Trebek as the longtime host of Jeopardy who passed away this last week after a long time battle with cancer. He was a very proud Canadian, a huge hockey fan, and he was part of our lives for so long, so we'll really miss you, Alex. And the hockey community and Maple Leafs fans out there, please look up and read about Howie Meeker. The guy had a very interesting life and was in our ears almost as much as Alex Trebek was on our TVs. This is Howie Meeker. Welcome to Hockey Night in Canada. Yahoo! He played hockey. He was a war veteran. He played hockey while he was a member of Parliament. He beat out Gordie Howe for Rookie of the Year. He won four Stanley Cups, and he broadcasted for over 30 years. And like Trebek, he was awarded the Order of Canada, which is basically like Canada's version of being knighted, and both for their actions and their words. So thank you so much. You will be missed. Jiminy Crickets the stick and it's kicked into Fuhr. Now, hang on to it right there. Look at Fuhr's got the puck. If he's Hextall of Philadelphia, he just alley-oops it out here and it's out. But no, he'll poop it over into the corner and then watch the great play that Howard Chuck makes. Now, they stop it right there. Okay, Howard, Howard Chuck goes in here, and the Oiler player tries to get fancy. He can't out-fancy Howard Chuck. If he knocks him on his can, okay. But to try to poop it against the boards and pick it up behind Howard Chuck, you know who's going to get the puck. So, the Memorial Cup. It's the name of this trophy and this hockey tournament. 
that is going on every year, and it's almost as old as the game of hockey itself. It was originally known as the OHA Memorial Cup and was donated by the Ontario Hockey Association in 1919 in remembrance of the many young men and women who paid the supreme sacrifice for, the, for Canada in the First World War. It was the brainchild of Captain Jim Sutherland, who was the president of the OHA from 1915 to 17 and was overseas during the war at that time. Most likely, I think a big part of the idea was instigated by his devotion to players like Scotty Davidson and many other hockey players during the war, including Captain George T. Richardson. And both of those players are now members of the Hockey Hall of Fame. So most likely due to the huge significance and symbolism the trophy represented at the time, the tournament and trophy were well regarded and respected across Canada. A tournament that attracted the best teams competing for the recognition that they were craving. In many ways, it also became a tournament that allowed players and fans to grieve, pay respects, and celebrate something so tied to Canada's way of life. And military hockey teams were created across Canada early on in World War I. These were games between battalions, games between military members and civilians, and well-known matches in which the Navy faced the Army. Some battalions had teams so good they were even in professional leagues. And as the war dragged on, more and more men were needed on the front lines. In fact, to help enlist, hockey themes were even used in posters. And with more men leaving, women's hockey became kind of a thing in Canada at the time as well. So there's no official count on the number of hockey players who served in the Great War, but more than 30 Canadians who perished in World War I had significant ties to hockey in some way. To this day, it's a trophy awarded every year to the best hockey club in junior hockey in Canada out of the Canadian Hockey League, which is an umbrella organization that represents the best Canada-based junior hockey leagues. We're talking about the Ontario Hockey League, or OHL, Western Hockey League, WHL, and the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, QMJHL. And this tournament's format has changed over the years. It used to be more like an East versus West showdown, kind of attracting anyone across Canada and then competing in that format, where some of the earliest team names are like the University of Toronto Schools, Fort William War Veterans, and Toronto Canoe Club. Then in 1972, it became a tournament involving just the OHL, WHL, and QMJHL before in 1983 when they added the host city to make it a four-team tournament. And then in 2010, the Memorial Cup was rededicated by the CHL to the memory of all fallen Canadian military personnel. And in a really amazing ceremony, veterans from the Second World War and the Korean War escorted the Memorial Cup to center ice in a, in a really touching ceremony that took place at CFB Shiloh in Brandon, Manitoba. So it's been the trophy symbolizing Canadian hockey excellence at the junior level for over 100 years now. And 
has over 3,000 names engraved on it at this point. It's wrapped up with history from the Olympics, too, because its second-ever champion in 1920 were the same Winnipeg Falcons who the previous spring won the first gold medal in hockey at the Olympic Games. And a quick little fun fact about that, the first hockey Olympics was debuted in the Summer Olympics, and it then switched to the Winter Olympics four years later, which I think is a pretty smart choice. What else I find kind of interesting is that the Memorial Cup trophy has been handed out every single year since 1919, except for this year, 2020, because of COVID-19, whereas the Stanley Cup has been awarded every single year, 1893, except of all years, 1919, because of the Spanish flu. Anyway, Today, many NHL teams have special games to honor the men and women in the Canadian and U.S. Armed Forces. It's common to see professional athletes wear camo jerseys in warm-ups before those games, and it's typically done in conjunction with holidays such as Memorial Day or Veterans Day. Every year with a game on or around November 11th, there's always a junior hockey club in Canada participating in Remembrance Day by wearing commemorative hockey jerseys. And this is also true when playing in the Memorial Cup tournament. So, for example, in 2016, the Brampton Beasts had jerseys with images of World War I, II, and modern day inside a large red maple leaf. And the Sudbury Wolves and Sioux Greyhounds wore camo jerseys that were auctioned off for donations benefiting such causes as Wounded Warriors Canada. Then, just the next year, in 2017, both the OHL Kitchener Rangers and Oshawa Generals, seeing a name theme here to these teams, uh, donned threads that were inspired by the 100-year anniversary of the Battle of Vimy Ridge. Isn't hockey jersey history interesting? All right, so now it's time to turn our attention from jerseys dedicated to veterans and those serving our armed forces to someone serving in the U.S. Armed Forces and his dedication to jerseys. So please welcome on Kenny Wilcox, a.k.a. Small Boy Spock. Today, I am so glad to be joined by one of my fellow collectors slash enablers. Kenny, what's up, man? How are you today? Say hello to all of our listeners out there. What's going on, everybody? I'm glad to be here. Uh, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great, thanks. And um, part of the reason I'm doing so great today is because I got a mail day yesterday. It was a Canuck oh. salmon skate, and uh, it wouldn't have happened without you. Uh, yeah, the beauty, right, or however you say. That's it. right. The yeah. you you can almost not spell beautiful jersey without beret. So let's just leave it at that. And this thing <laughs> is awesome. And uh, you kind of put me in touch with the right people, which one thing led to another, and that's what I love about this community. And you're not on here today just because I'm throwing you so much thanks for helping me drop and find one of my favorite jerseys. You're on here because you are fully addicted to jerseys just like me. And uh, I'm really excited to be talking to you about your addiction and what you love about it and particularly how it centers around more of a team atmosphere with the Tampa Bay Lightning because you're a huge Tampa Bay Lightning fan. So we want to get into that. I'm definitely going to throw some jersey 
trivia your way. We're going to go a little bit into the history based on that trivia, and we'll do some other fun stuff I've got planned. But hopefully you get all the questions right because a tub of OxyClean's on the line, and um, we all know we love that soup. So, yeah. uh, Kenny, I, I just like to start off getting to know who we're talking to, and so our listeners as well. So you're not from Tampa Bay originally. So how, how do you like the Tampa Bay Lightning, and how did all of that come about? Yeah, so I am a military brat by uh, by birth. My dad was in the Air Force, so we moved around a lot. And we lived in the like upper Midwest for the longest time. So I grew up in like Montana, uh, a little bit of North Dakota. We were in Minot for five years in my like, you know, towards my high school years. And so we went to a lot of high school and college hockey games. And I obviously being that close to Minnesota, everybody likes the Minnesota wild for the most part. Sure. So I softly kind of rooted for them, but they weren't, I didn't have a favorite team. I didn't really keep up with the NHL too much. Um, Cause we were always at the high school hockey games or college hockey games. And it wasn't like, you know, university of North Dakota versus, you know, Boston university or anything. It was just my not state versus whoever. So. Yeah. Uh, but and- were you there for like the, the tournaments where like all those guys grow their hairs out into these sick oh. salad flows and you're just kind of <laughs> so judging was... them as much for their bullets as their play oh. on the ice. So no. So uh, up there, this was, you know, 2003 to 2008. So this was kind of pre the lettuce, the sweet flow, mm-hmm. the mullets, the mustaches kind of phase. Uh, this was just, everybody had the, the hockey hair, you know, the, it looks like you just took the bucket off like three minutes before you walked out of your car or whatever in school. Um, so like curls over the years and stuff. Sure. So no, not really, but I do love that. I love seeing all the, I love the mullets and the mustaches and the beards and stuff. It's hilarious. I love it. I would love to see mullets come back full time. It's just crazy. But, um, uh, but yeah, so, so I, that's where I was introduced to hockey, but then we, you know, my dad retired and we moved around a little more. So I kind of didn't keep up with, I never really kept up with the NHL. Until I myself, I'm now in the Air Force. I've been in the Air Force almost nine years now. And I finally got an assignment to Florida. Thank the gods. It's freaking awesome here. But anyway, hmm. and uh, obviously Tampa Bay is, you know, has the lightning. So my in-laws live down there. And we went, my father-in-law got me a ticket to go with him and his buddy to go to a lightning game. And the first, so they, I, I don't know if. If you've ever been to Amelie Arena or any of the listeners have, but uh, they have Tesla coils hanging from the rafters. And so yeah, it's and, crazy. It's yeah. so cool. It's like, oh, that's some cool special effects. It's like, no, bro, those are real Tesla coils in the stadium. Electricity, dude. Like, yeah. Like, so the, I, I say, like, there's literally electricity in the air because there's Tesla coil. Like, it's pretty sweet. So that really gets you hyped already. And then um, I watched that game and it was against the Florida Panthers. And they're the Florida Panthers, so of course they got blew out, blown out. It was like nine to two or something. It was great, just goal, 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 goal. So it was pretty awesome. So that kind of that was it for me. I was like, no, done. I'm, this is it. Yep, yep. Tampa Bay. Yep, I like it. Mm-hmm. So from then, that was like two or three years ago. And so from then on, I was like, okay, I'll, I'm. I want to learn as much about this team as I can. I want to know all the the history of it. I was like going down Wikipedia rabbit holes of like, okay, I want to learn about the team and then learn about Phil Esposito and then learn about, um, you know, what literally everything, you know, Le Cavier and St. Louis and, uh, Javi Bullet, like every, like just rabbit holes. Right. So, so I try to learn as much as possible. And 
I'm still, you know, only being two to three years into it. I still have a lot to learn about the NHL as a whole. So like history and stuff, uh, I'm not great with for the whole overall arching league. But I do know a lot of useless information about the Tampa Bay Lightning, so that's kind of fun. And, you know, what greater reward than when you're scrolling at 3 a.m. to be like, when am I ever going to use this? And today's the day, buddy. We're going to get into no. it. Yeah, it's <laughs> finally going to pay off. But, uh, no, I love this about fans of their you know, their team. It's just all of a sudden they're hooked somehow. It, it, yeah. It's always a great way to learn how from everybody. But then how far that fandom spreads be, like determines if you're a fan or a fanatic you know right. and uh, a, a casual jersey buyer or a full-blown addict you know yeah and so i'm curious did you uncover kind of like this whole controversy with the japanese mafia ownership yeah. situation with tampa do you know so, about that a little bit that's in uh so wikipedia like really turned me on to that because they like no kidding talk about it in pretty big depth and I was blown away by that. I was like, holy crap, this really happened? Like, seriously? Like, so supposedly uh, when Phil Esposito and uh, somebody else who was pretty big in the influence in the NHL or in the NBA, I think it was whoever owned the Detroit Pistons wanted to open a franchise in, uh, or start a franchise in Tampa Bay in the NHL. So it was them and a couple investors, and then Phil Esposito, his brother, and somebody else who was just like an investor wanted, you know, they had their pitch too. And initially they had more money, but then whoever their extra investor was backed out. And so all this, they're like scrambling to get the money and all this stuff, you know, whatever. And somehow a, air quotes, Yakuza um, investment company firm, whatever. Kakusai Green. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's how that you remember it, and I don't. They came in, or did you do recent? You probably researched. Um, I, I can cheat so easily. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm trying not to cheat, but uh, so yeah, so they supposedly had yakuza ties, and it was super awkward because for whatever reason, the NHL was like, "Yeah, this sounds smart. We'll give it to two retired." Um, I mean, Phil Esposito is obviously a Hall of Famer, and I think I don't remember is his brother a Hall of Fame as well or no? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. So I was like, you give it to two Hall of Famers and some random investors we don't know, or we can go with these guys who have a clearly successful NBA franchise and no one right? and had more money. They had more money. That's the crazy part. And it's like, why? I don't know why they did. Anyway, so maybe they're trying to be like, oh, we'll get the Japanese market to watch NHL too. Okay, but that obviously didn't work out. So anyway, fast forward like two or three years, and the team is just – hemorrhaging money the the fans are there but like they have a sh just crap arena they're playing in tropicana field at this time um they don't have there's stories i listened to another podcast and uh which is a part of like the tampa bay lightning media and they had bring on former players and stuff and they're like telling all these stories about like yeah there were times where we're like we couldn't get a, a plane to fly from buffalo to new york and they had to ride a bus there and the bus would break down. And so they missed the game and like all this credit, like they wouldn't get paychecks right away. They like, they, they, Phil Esposito was like writing them paychecks from his own bank account and then getting back Phil late, like all this crazy stuff because that Yakuza air quotes again, Yakuza group wasn't there. Like they just disappeared. They gave them their money 
and then like was demanding you know payments from the team and they were just taking all this money all this money all this money but they weren't injecting money yeah uh the kakutai greens owner takashi okubo had yeah. never even met with the Espositos yeah. or with the NHL officials yeah. in person prior to being awarded the Lightning franchise yeah. and never watched his team play during his seven years as owner. So it's seriously suspect what's going think, on. I didn't think it was seven years. because I'm pretty sure I thought it was. They were uh, the NHL, like not immediately, but within probably four years, they were like already pressuring them. They're like, hey, we've never met this guy. We don't you know, Phil, what's going on? Like Phil was trying to, he was like, Hey man, we need more money. And they would just send a check. And I'm like, okay, well, thanks. Yeah. But, you know, who are you even? It dragged on for seven years because the investigation started, but right. uh, like four or five years in, and it's crazy that it, it continued that long. Do you know who they sold the team to? Uh, yeah. Motivational speaker, Art Williams. So it's like some kind of real estate tycoon and, Gosh, it was just the owner of the Detroit Vipers, though. Um, so no, he wasn't the owner of the Detroit Vipers. The person who uh bought the team after that was the owner of the uh Detroit Vipers because he was the one initially going after the bid, like you were talking about. His name is Davidson, I'm trying to remember his first name. But he owned the Pistons and the now defunct Detroit Vipers, but it was like, why would you turn down my bid? I own a pro franchise. I have an AHL affiliate I can bring to the table. But no, okay, bring bring in the Japanese mafia instead. You know, yeah. that's fine. I don't see anything wrong with this plan. It's, it gets better. So, yes, he was one of the original people pitching, you know, whatever. But the Detroit Vipers at that time were, like, murdering whatever that – they were AHL or whatever they were. They were murdering it. They, like, just won an national hockey league. So they had a team of like NHL veterans on this IHL team, right? And so they were just wrecking shop. They won the championship, all this shit. Then the NHL basically pressured Phil Esposito and the Yakuza guys, whatever, into selling the team. Sold it to that schmuck. He did nothing with it. And so they finally got their chance and they got a smoking, not a smoking deal, but I mean, their initial investment was way more than they ended up buying the team for. But they still screwed it up somehow because he took the coaches the the staff from the detroit vipers most of the players all this crap to tampa bay and that's why that franchise died so i mean okay eric you know died that's wikipedia says that you know whatever if i'm not mistaken i think he drafted le cavier and marty st louis uh, i don't remember uh, demers drafted le cavalier okay. and demers was appointed by davidson so right. Yeah, in a way, yes. And then I think he was part of the he was part of the reason that they got um, their arena uh, more solidified or, or progress going on it because I think that was during his tenure. Because before that, they were still trying to figure it out, um, but the money wasn't one hundred percent there, or they were building it and they were immediately in debt because they they couldn't pay their players because they were just building this big ass nice arena. So anyway. So, yeah, it's just crazy. The history of the Tampa Bay Lightning, the 90s were wild. Like, it was just nuts. And then we had these sweet jerseys. The Every other season, they were changing the fonts. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that because it seems like as much as the ownership's going on, same with the jersey designs being yeah. this, the same type of circus situation. No one can seem to agree on the identity of the team. And 
involved in this history you're looking up the past teams and stuff like that so you're probably looking at all of these jerseys and was it immediately like oh my god these things are amazing or was it like an acquired taste after forever so i loved them i thought it was hilarious that supposedly the reason they changed their initial font was the slanted italic bold crazy font Mm -hmm. uh and that looks awesome to me. I don't know why they forced them, but supposedly it wasn't necessarily the NHL or the fans, but it was, uh, I think they tried to blame the fans, but I think it was the media, but they were having problems with their cameras and stuff, trying to like read the names. So yeah, yeah. Names were okay, but names were hard to read because it was a fucking I, I believe that because that's, that's the rumor behind why the uh, Wild Wings didn't last too long in Anaheim as well because of the same problem. You not only have like, not the greatest two colors to create a bad contrast, but also this crazy different font away from the bold letters that we're used to. So I can, I can buy into that theory. So the first year, the very first year, it wasn't italicized. It, it was just it was bolded. Yep. The second yep. year, it was the slanted. Yep. And that's the yep. best. They should have just kept that all the way through 2020. Like just kept it. No, it's awesome. <laughs> But, uh, again, they were like, oh, we can't read it. So I think it was – I think they kept that for two seasons. One for sure, maybe two seasons. But then that's when they went to the sexy paintbrush font, yeah. which lasted a good uh, six years or seven years. Mm-hmm. And that, that was like their OP, just beautiful font that they did um, with the arched regular yeah, the lettering instead. And then yeah. – the God Almighty, beautiful, best ugly sweater ever, the Tampa Bay Lightning Storm alternates. Oh, arguably, maybe. 100% arguably, the ugliest, best sweater. I think they're great, and a lot of people like the Dallas Mooderous or the Nashville Mustard Cat more, but I love the Storm. And in that one, but that one was weird too, because they didn't just stick to one font. They did... I think the That's first season so ugly great is it's like there's, there's no adherence to proper yeah. graphic design protocols and principles in this. It's like the closest thing to a comic sans version of a jersey back then. Yeah, it was nuts. Like and then the last couple seasons they went back and forth between both like both. So like one home game, they would be paintbrush font on the storm. And then the next home game, it would it could be like a month or two later, it would be the storm, but with the electric font. And you're just like, what the like what? what? <laughs> so you look at when you're shopping for jerseys, you're like, oh, I really want to blow freaking eight hundred dollars on a Tampa Bay Lightning Storm replica because they're so damn expensive. And you see them, and you're like, oh, that's not right. That's the electric. That's the that's the paintbrush font. That's not right. And you're like, no, it is right because they're stupid and swap back and forth all the damn time. So let me dive into that with you a little bit, because when I'm looking over jerseys, a big thing that I personally care about is making sure all of these things are spec correct. And yeah. it, it it's it's kind of because I'm also, I think, in love with the history of the game. I don't want to misrepresent it. I think that's probably why I'm such a stickler for that. So these kinds of combos that you see wrong or maybe like a new player getting put on the back of like a a retro jersey that really makes me cringe uh do you get the same kind of feelings and like what do you think about that whole situation yeah that drives me nuts especially so right after the lightning won the the cup 
eBay blew up with all sorts of terrible fakes. But um, what what somebody was doing was they had a whole batch of the CCM 550 commercial whatever sweaters, and they were putting all the current players on them. And they, and they put the some of them were putting like the 2020 Stanley Cup Finals patch on it and all this stuff. And I'm I'm just like pulling my hairs out i'm like why would you and people are buying them they're like 180 bucks or whatever and i'm like why are you buying this like they, did did headman ever wear this that, yeah. during that play? no he didn't did you know vasilevsky point sorelli kucherov stanton nobody ever wore these they they wore them once for i think it was le cavier night um when they hung his number in the rafters they did warm-up jerseys that were no shit like the ccm replicas that's pretty cool. So those ones are legit, but I'm pretty sure the players got to keep those or they auctioned them off. Like, not everybody did that. So unless you did it specifically for that and you got the little number four patch on the chest and stuff, it's just a really bad, fake, knockoff, awful, just terrible custom jersey. It is a bit frustrating when, you know, there's people doing honest, good work out there, but people swoop in and try to capitalize on yeah. the flavor of the month or whatever. But... um as yeah. a as a Tampa Bay Lightning fan like yourself, who's constantly searching for these storm jerseys, has the fact that they've won a cup, you know, had the accidental side effect of making jersey buying harder? Because I know you don't yeah. want to complain about winning a Stanley Cup, but has it had this kind of like flood to the market that you were just like, why do I have to now deal with this? Yeah, that's definitely a downside to winning a cup. Like behind me, like my Adidas, my Indo Adidas, you know, nicknamed Indo Adidas, uh, just the the general replica Adidas jersey I bought a couple months ago for, I don't know, 60 bucks. I could probably flip it for 85 or 90 now just because of the hype for Tampa Bay. So, but at the same time, there's also a, just a boatload more fakes out there especially of the adidas sweaters and like the the crests are bad and the the collars are wrong and it's drop stitching everywhere and and it sucks as people are buying them and they're selling them really cheap so then people are like well i don't want to buy your sweater because i could buy this 30 dollar one over here it's like yeah well that 30 dollar one looks like crap and if you wear that at the arena and anybody who knows anything will see it and you'll be like oh you're you're a cheap ass fake fan or I don't know. I guess there's there's two types of people. There's people who are like diehard fans like us who are probably a little OCD as well that like, no, it needs to be correct. It needs to have the perfect, you know, customization job on it. It can't be crooked. It's all this stuff. And then there's the other people that are like, man, I like my fanatics. Fanatics are great, dude. <laughs> now they're Well, everybody's got a price point. Everyone's got a love. I've I've come across people that collect all kinds of different situations there's people that i've seen go after all 31 okay first of all that's a very common collection and then second of all someone will do all 31 in indonesia's adidas and i'm like okay that's your thing that's fine whatever And, and and other people will maybe want 31 don't have the same budget for 31 and be like but i want it to be uniform so I'll do it all fanatics, right? And then there's people like you that are more like, all right, I love my team and I'm going to get everything my team has ever worn. And I feel like that's a great 
way of like collecting and looking at collecting is there's no right or wrong way. It's more just interesting what you do and why. So how's it going with your collection? You're sitting here um, wearing uh, an ice pilots jersey. So clearly there's some history you got to tell me about that. But I know there's some other things in your collection that people would be like, what, what? And also just be really interested to know that you're going after. So explain why you're doing your collection and what's in it and what you're going after too. Yeah. So uh, real quick, before we, I get into that, there is a, a wrong way of collecting and that's fanatics. I, I do not. <laughs> they're just so garbage in comparison because they're not even accurate, but that's, we could talk about that some other episode. But anyway, I probably pissed some people off. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I am a, I guess you call it like kind of like a purist collector kind of thing uh, as far as like my team. So I'm like, we talked about, I'm a lightning fan. So I don't have, I, although I do like some other teams, like God, I hate to admit it, but Boston's got some pretty nice sweaters over the years. Um, and so, and then Chicago too, and then Montreal. I'm, I almost bought a couple Montreal sweaters recently just cause I'm starting to like them. And anyway, so, but I've restrained because I can do it. I'm a man. I can, I can be strong. I can do it. Uh, so yeah. So my goal is to have <laughs> one of every, of all of these styles. So like, yeah, the, the, the overall color scheme and all that stuff was the same from 92 all the way to 2007 or five seven, uh-huh. seven um whatever reebok took over and ruined it and then uh <laughs> but they the fonts are what changed so i want the original um inaugural season uh players with the fonts for the black and back then it was home and away were flipped so white was home and black was away and then you know 93 94 95 all those different variations of the fonts that they did and then this the storm, that's my grail. I, I wanna I wanna make a uh a Poopa, which I can't believe that's how you actually pronounce his name, but uh Darren Poopa ninety-three Tampa Bay Lightning Storm sweater in the electric font. Um Damn, and, that sounds nice. It'll be sweet because nobody well, you never see Poopa jerseys. Like he's a pretty not like I don't think he's in I don't think he's ever gonna be in like Hall of Fame if he no. is but he's he was okay you know he's like he's like ben bishop like would you mind him as a backup no like he's not bad like we had him for a while he was okay but is he ever i don't know i just don't see ben bishop but you're 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 like me too where um i mean we know that there's certain players iconic to our two teams that we have to have in the collection like for sure but then when we're given the choice, we like kind of going off board and getting the guy that like is going to spark that conversation. Right. So you're just, you're just mad respect on the Darren Poopa choice. And you're lining me up here. So, so let me get through, you know, the, that, and then I'll, so you line me up for something else though. So, hmm. so yeah. So then obviously the Stanley cup season, you got to get hobby bull. And so that's oh, man. the bull wall. and you never see his stuff like i don't know he's just a cool like he was he's great i mean he okay i I say he's great that season he was great after that man before that with the coyotes he was man but with us he did awesome that season but uh yeah so i'm actually got two jerseys out with my my buddy uh 
Jack Macy, shout out to him. He's done some great work for me. And he, uh, so he's going to make me the black Stanley Cup final replica number 35 Nikolai Habibulin uh, sweater right now. So that's with him. It's going up. He's going to make it around Christmas or something. And then uh, the other one I'm having done currently is a uh, NHL 2000 replica sweater that's white and it's going to be a Marty St. Louis because I think oh, yes. it's his first year with us. So, oh, so you're going to have the 2000 patch on the on the breast as well yeah. and all that yeah, good stuff. Because at first I was going to do them both as the Stanley Cup final replicas. But then I was like, well, I already have Bobby Bullen. So why have two from the Stanley Cup? Like, yeah, he was great, but why not switch it up? You know, so anyway, so I'm trying to diversify that way so I can at least have Oh, and it's the paintbrush font because paintbrush is great. Um, so anyway, so that that's in the works. But then, honestly, the Reebok years, man, they were okay designs, but they're just none of them really grab my goat. Like I, I just, uh, I have a, an alternate um, from the their, bolts yeah, the bolts. But it's the one where the with the new patch, so their new design on the shoulder versus yeah. the old. And that's so, the so one I've got as a Stamkos. Yeah, mine's blank. Uh, I was gonna get it done in Bishop, but it's uh, it's just the the replica. See, that's the thing with Adidas replicas are pretty good quality. They feel not like to on ice specs or anything, but they're just better quality. Whereas the Reebok Premiers are kind of no, thank you. You don't want to. Why would I waste <laughs> money getting it customized when it's just gonna snag on the first thing I look at? You know, so. Which I don't is, know. You know why we both don't advocate for fanatics, but you know, if fanatics is your thing, whatever. Um, yeah, it's the same thing. It's cheap. It's, it's, I like ironed on names and numbers and it's thin material. It's not stacks, reverse kiss cut or anything like that. It's just, it's a crap custom. So, anyway, yeah, so but, see, but that's, that's another good point is like, once you get one of those, it's like, oh shit, okay, this is what I've been missing out on. And then it's really hard to go back at that point. So that's kind of like what I've noticed it happened with me is like once I got like, like closer to the pure and I started getting my stuff un, you know, unfiltered without the cutting of the baking soda, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, I was like, damn, this stuff is amazing. And so, you know. I, I'm I'm kind of done going after Adidas just because I want uh, a Mick at this point. I want to know what those dimples really look like. Um, and I'm chasing, you know, that dragon now. But the rookies out there, Mick is made in Canada. The made in Canada Adidas is like on ice quality. No kidding, like what they wear. Uh, whereas the in, as I called it earlier, Indo Adidas uh, versions are the replicas. They don't have as deep dimples and they're slightly less quality but they're still like really nice in comparison to the Reeboks because like yeah, the Reebok edge, the Reebok edge like 1.0 and 2.0 and all the other like on ice ones were okay like they're they're still good obviously they're on ice but compared to the premieres they're the premieres are shit like there's they're just bad so uh that that's my thing with the Reebok so I don't know if I'll ever actually own any of the Reeboks but I've got like tons of adidas ones right now i've got like six of them or something including practice sweaters and 
I kind of up in the air. I, my favorite player is Anthony Sorelli, so I'll probably get if he stays with the team. I'll probably get one customized. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. Is it kind of like do you have your hand over the button and it's like signs for three years, and then you're just about to like push yeah. it and go crazy on your watch list or so, like? So I like I said, I've got blanks. I have three blanks. I've got two homes and one away. Uh, one of the homes is going to become a, a Stanley Cup Finals replica for probably Point or Hedman. I haven't decided yet. But then the other two, oh, and I have an alternate, the black gray scale, as I call it, um, alternate. I was tempted to get all three of them done in Sorelli, but then I realized that was kind of ridiculous uh, to have. Like, yeah, he's my favorite player, but do I really need three jerseys of his? Like, I don't know. Hey, I mean, so, sure, yeah, maybe but, not, but there's another person that's out there that's like, yeah, but I only collect this player on this team. Yeah. And it's like, I know, you know a guy. So, I know a guy own. who. Not only, but he's trying to collect all the Sorelli, so he would probably buy it. But, but yeah. So that's the other thing too with this hobby is you have to be thinking about like, okay, well, what's am I going to be able to resale this later? Like, because if you just make like, oh, my favorite player is this guy who used to be a janitor two weeks ago, and now he's on the team, so I'm going to make this jersey him. Well, okay, if you ever resell that, that no one's going to know who that is, and so that kind of ruins it for you, and then you're stuck with this overpriced jersey you customized. And I think so, that's where we get back to why there's so many like cheap ones that are sold yeah. is because like when you post maybe something that you've had customized that you're moving on from because you're going in a different direction with your project and you throw up the jersey that you found pristine, maybe like <laughs> cleaned yeah. up, sent away to be customized and then sold again. It's like, yeah, it, it is 350 bucks, like at least. Yeah. And everyone else casually would just be like, what? That makes no sense. And it's like, talk to me in two years when you're as addicted as I've been. And then you figure yeah. it out, you know? So, so coming back to what you kind of led me into um, with like weird, you know, knowing weird play or, you know, having something yeah. that everybody has. So, you know, uh, people who follow me know I uh, dude a and the jersey I'm wearing. So you mentioned I'm wearing a Pensacola Ice Pilots sweater. And anyone listening, me, one, who the hell are Pensacola Ice Pilots? And two, why do you own a sweater for them? So Brent Gretzky, arguably the better of the Br Gretzky brothers, uh, <laughs> um, played for the Tampa Bay Lightning for two seasons, like ten games, had like two goals or something, one goal. I don't even remember. I've forgotten already. Two more than me. Yeah, he was, he wasn't super great. Went from that. So I have him. I customized. It's a black away from the 93, 94 season uh, replica, not on ice spec, but it's a replica. It's, it's done. It's really nice. It's that sexy, bold, slanted, crazy font. Mm -hmm. um, so With it's blue just outline. Yeah, with the sparkle twill. Oh my god, nice. it's sexy. Um, so that's my favorite lightning jersey right now, until I get a storm someday when I'm rich. And then this one is my favorite non-lightning jersey, um, because it is his jersey, a replica of his jersey when he played for Pensacola Ice Pilots. So when he, you know, kind of failed out of the NHL. He went to bounced around with the Atlanta uh, Knights back then when they were still around. And then he landed with Pensacola. Um, it's close to us. So that was another reason why I wanted it. So one, he played with them uh, for the playoffs and did pretty okay. Uh, they didn't win, but still. Um, so that was kind of cool. 
And then I live close to Pensacola right now. So oh, the reason I'm like, oh, hey, that works. So I'll just buy it. And if I ever go to a game, I'll, I'll wear it. And people will be like, who, Gretzky played for us? I never knew that, you know? So, so that's why I love those jerseys is they're conversation pieces. People see them and they're like, what? Wayne Gretzky never played for Pensacola. He never played for Tampa Bay. But yeah, you're right. But his brother did. He wasn't good, but he played, you know? So. Yeah, that's what that's awesome. I I totally share that with you. I mean, um, to piggyback off your story, it's the reason why I like wearing my London Knights uh, jersey that's Patrick Kane to Hawks games because my family is originally from London, Ontario, and I lived in Chicago for many years, so I'm going to go to Hawks games. And then yep. people will sometimes approach me and be like, hold up a second. Like that Jersey's whack. Like what team is that? Or other people will be like, why do you have a Vegas golden Knights? And I'm like, like, you know what, buddy? Like I didn't wear this to be, and I told you so, but I'm, I'm also going to give you a little bit of a history lesson here. If you, if you let me and we'll have a beer about it and it'll be fun. So I'm, I'm down for that. And I love those. Did they move from where? Because that's the uh, OHL, right? Yeah. So were they always there, or well, no, yeah, they wouldn't have moved to Atlanta team from like the lower than AHL. They wouldn't have moved them up there. So I don't know. Never mind. But no, they don't really move the junior clubs around. I think they had the same logos for a long time. So maybe Atlanta was like their feeder because it's a much smaller team. So maybe they were a feeder for them. And then they were a feeder for whoever up until uh, L.A. Kings picked them up. But yeah, I mean, this is a total sidebar, but it's pretty cool that the Vegas Golden Knight um, affiliate is uh, some team now that's in Vegas. Uh, sorry, not Vegas, but like the Las Vegas State. And um, their uh, team starts with an H. I'm trying to like Google it really Henderson, quickly. Henderson. Henderson. That's right. Uh-huh. And so instead of like the yeah. knight with the shield with the negative space of the V, yeah. it's the horse. shield of a horse, yeah. which is kind of like what you ride into battle, which is like the affiliate, you know, and yeah. the negative space makes the, or the, the shield makes the H, which I, I just think that's like clever and continuous clever throughout like the Jersey design. And I'm like, all right, I respect that. That's cool. And then uh, kind of coming back to random weird jerseys that people have customized and stuff. Uh, a big thing right now in the jersey community, especially with mix, you were talking about, uh, is people are taking Mick practice jerseys, stripping them, and then making them their own awesome like warm up jerseys that like a real actually do i'm i'm pretty stoked about having some guests on later in the podcast to talk about that um i've got some guests lined up that are really good at doing that mashup thing that you're talking about i'm gonna pump his tires right now because he's just one of my favorite guys doing this uh canucks forever 67 um he's just made a mashup jersey using like a red practice made in canada adidas that has the St. Louis and Kansas City Chiefs mashup going on with one shoulder being the Blues and one shoulder being the Chiefs. And it says like City of Champions because in the span of the same year, they won the Super Bowl and the Stanley Cup. And I'm like, you know, that's clever. That that whole concept, that whole creativity there, 
I freaking love that man. And yeah. um, the He's... other one I'll, I'll, I'll say really quickly, and then you can give your opinion is um, a Sask stars fan. Yeah. Um, he, that guy just made a really cool uh, Mooderous yeah. matchup with like a black, uh, I guess, practice jersey. So, yeah. 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 Uh, so I have kind of a playful feud going with him because he, you know, he <laughs> loves, as a Dallas fan, he loves his Mooderous. And as a Lightning fan, I love the Storm. So the other day, me and him were arguing back and forth about which is better. And I'm like, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to make a poll on my Instagram. We're going to see who – and he won. So, But I think <laughs> I think he just has more friends. That's why. So or more followers or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, so his, he, he's, done a, he's done a couple jerseys. Uh, he's done his own work. But, yeah, Canucks um, – whatever his name. Canucks uh, Forever 67, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's done some crazy stuff. He did yeah, uh, the Quinn Hughes with the Vancouver Grizzlies, dude. Oh yeah, my god, he's done like three or four of those Vancouver designs. He's done like an all black one, he's done like a bluish one, I think. Um, a white, I think. I don't know. He's done like, yeah, three. yeah, he took a Penguins practice jersey, yeah. sky blue, and yeah. yeah, and dude, like talking about how you know that's a sick concept is imitation is the sincerest form of flattery and we were talking about cheap fakes and stuff he's starting to get his designs faked by people in china like wow yeah yeah I know. which is yeah. a crime clearly <laughs> but it's also kind of like impressive that you've made it so good that people want to copy it now so i hope i don't see that happen we got to figure out a way to keep him like in the in the black instead of the red because those jerseys are sick man yeah they are a little pricey too but i mean that you you get what you pay for like they're just nice i know a guy who's been we've been talking back and forth because he he does he does the same thing but with the indo Didas sweaters so mm -hmm. he was hitting me up for these ideas and stuff and i'm like yeah that's cool and it would be a lot cheaper but i'm trying to stick with the you know just the team stuff you know right but the one thing that I do have customized that's kind of sort of like that, not the same exact thing. It's not a mix match design, but it is a practice, a custom practice jersey. Is I I did a, uh, again my friend Jack Macy who's done two sweaters for me now. Um, uh, he did a I got an all black CCM center ice practice jersey. Um, I, I don't think these ones were meant to be like worn on the ice for actual practice like hockey. I think they were more, I think the center ice line was more of uh, like just casual wear. Uh, but anyway, regardless, it, it's like a size medium, I think, or a it's a large. And I got Le Cavier on it in the paintbrush font. So it's just oh, cool. an all practice jersey with that sexy um, white, you know, uh, 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 paintbrush font, but then the blue outline with the silver. It's not the Sparkle Twill, but still. Uh, and then Le Cavier's that sounds awesome. Le Cavier's name is extremely long, so it comes all the way across the back, arching. And he was like, "Man, I never because it was triple stack." He's like, "I don't ever want to do it, <laughs> man." And I was like, "Okay, well, I'll hit you up when I do a storm, and it'll be him with the number eight and an electric 
font and he's like no 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 don't do that please. yeah no that's i i love that when someone's selling me a jersey and it's like hey how about like 75 dollars i'm like yep sounds good and like i don't even ask like shipped and because i don't want to give them like the option and then they go to like the post office like man it was like 15 dollars to send it across the border from canada i'm like sorry you just said 75 bucks i said yep i knew that was the thing but you didn't ask so it's like yeah eh. yeah i don't uh I don't know. I, I, my thing is I like the customizing aspect of it. So what I try to do is I just try to get blanks and then I either my CCMs, I trust, um, uh, Jack with, and I, I would trust him to do my Adidas too, but, uh, uh Bobcat out in, in California, I don't know where he's in Cal probably LA. I don't know what to say. LA Bobcat is a customizer for several teams, but in particular, the, uh, uh, Tampa Bay lightning, I believe the Anaheim Ducks and maybe I don't remember if it's San Jose or LA Kings is one of those guys. Um, so, and he's cheap. Like you send him your stuff and it's 70 bucks and, and then shipping obviously. But the downside is he takes forever like everybody else does. And then he, his interactions are like very hit or miss. So uh, I might just start using Jack for everything, but yeah. So yeah, it's an it's an interesting business right now, the the whole customizing thing and also, you know, with the way COVID's affected people to be able to work together and in factories and stuff like that, the production time has severely slowed down and it it's led to a lot more people in the industry kind of turning to maybe I can do this myself. Maybe I'll try this myself. Maybe I'll grab a a sewing machine and do some practice while I wait the six months that's going to take from EPS or something like that. But uh, one of the things you said that I, I'm picking up on that is just good advice for people in general is if you're really keen on getting a good customized job done, try to figure out what company the actual team uses for customizing because that's generally a good place to start. And then after that, it's really important to talk to the community and figure out who you think is worthwhile because uh we were talking a little bit before about mashup jerseys and frankenstein jerseys and um unfortunately you've had some horror stories as well with the customizing situation so um i don't want to make you yeah, relive your post-traumatic uh sewing disorder but at the same time you know what's like tell us a little bit about it enough that we know that what i just said as advice really is important because yeah. what can go wrong you know yeah yeah no and you're just so good at you're nailing these segues man so uh yeah i was young I'll, I'll say young in my jersey collecting days even though it was earlier this year i was into like buying the jerseys and stuff but i really had no idea of like customizing and who were good who was bad I was on the Reddit uh, subreddit for hockey jerseys, uh, which I would highly recommend everybody go to who's listening Absolutely. to this on there already. But uh, yeah, so I didn't really ask in particular. Uh, this person, like their site, was just, "Oh, we'll help you. We'll find your your jersey and we'll customize it, and it's quick turnaround time, and we're you know whatever." And they just kind of and their website was like super sharp and it looked super you know all this stuff, and I was like, "Man, this is." this is pretty sweet. And the guy was very polite, you know, every talk to talk, walk to walk, did everything great. And I was like, man, this is going to be sweet. I'm going to get some sweet jerseys. So bought two jerseys from him, one at first. And then later on, I was like, you know what? 
I'm, I'm finishing my college, my bachelor's degree, so I'll celebrate by buying myself something fun. So I bought another one from him. Like five, uh, five months, five, ten, no, not five months. It was like three or four months later, I finally get them. So at least they weren't my jerseys, okay? Like I didn't yeah. buy them. I didn't mail them to him. It was their service of finding your the jersey you want, and then they customize it. So at least it wasn't that. But so they did the one jersey and it it looks good as far as I know. There's no issues with it. I still love that jersey. But the other one, I got a Adidas, uh, which was fine. The, the jersey itself was correct. It's the customizing was completely incorrect. The Tampa Bay Lightning current alts are, I call it the grayscale. So it's a, yeah. a primarily black jersey and then it fades. You know, the sleeves kind of fade from black to gray and then the torso fades. Uh, from uh, gray to black and stuff like that. So anyway, the font is supposed to do the same thing. And somehow whoever this in, these guys got their material from was completely printed wrong. It was like a shade of purplish gray. It was noticeable. It wasn't like, oh, that kind of, you know, at first. I'll... Yeah, maybe this is passable. Yeah, it's like, like, guys, but... really? Did you even look? And so I, what, what's funny was I went back and looked because he was like, Hey, so we screwed up. Uh, we're real sorry. They've apparently switched to reverse kiss cut now, and we just did it as stacked. But that's what they were up until this season. So do you care? And at the time, I was like, man, that's fine. Okay, whatever. All my other stuff is stacked. My other one that I have signed by Andre Vasilevsky is stacked, so I don't really care. In the picture he sent of it, it looked kind of purple, but I just thought it was like the lighting. I thought they were hip and black right. lights in their room or something. You know, like it was just kind of that that vibe. Yeah, because the, 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 the conversation was more about the stitching than the color anyway. So you're like, yeah. Yeah, whatever. so I was just thinking it was like, oh, this guy likes to do mood lighting when he's stitching. Okay, whatever, you know. So <laughs> so I get it, and it was like completely wrong. And I'm like, oh, crap. So now i got to deal with sending this shit back. And luckily, the community, uh, again, the subreddit, there's the, the moderators and admins and all that stuff are, are really awesome in there, very supportive of not just us as you know collectors but like people within the community who don't screw us over who don't do stuff like this like knowingly make the wrong thing and charge you money for it and then ship it out um mm -hmm. so they had my back immediately they took my photos and then they have like a growing list of all that i didn't know about until halfway through waiting uh these guys their quality work is not very phenomenal and so uh, sometimes they do stuff right, like the one jersey I got. But for the most part, everything has something wrong with it. So they added that to the list, and that was kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back on that Discord. Or I'm sorry, on that Reddit right. page, because then they started posting like real hardcore, like, hey, new update. These guys screwed something else up. They're like, oh, hey, look, they did something else, like, frequently. So I feel a little bad, because, I mean, that guy's just trying to make money. And he did do right by me. He immediately, he saw it. He was pissed that they did that, but he knew, he understood. Um, so he refunded me. I sent the jersey back. I kind of wish I could have just kept the jersey and stripped it and had another, but I, I didn't want to fight that. Um, so anyway, yeah. moral of the story, do a lot of research on whoever you're going to go through. Like I, the guy I go through now, uh, yeah, he's more money, but it's also like me to you kind of guy. It's not some dude six states away in his garage trying to run a fancy business that really barely knows what he's doing. Like I've seen his work. He's done work for other people. He's well recommended. 
maybe start him off with his jersey you don't really care about, like this one. Like, I started him off on this one. If he messed this up, okay, it's a Pensacola ice pot, you know. Give him testers if you need to, um, uh, although that is money. But, I mean, at least then it's not like your grail that they ruined, you know, so. Yeah, but it's a it's a really good strategy, and that's also what I was going to say to the, your story is, first of all, I appreciate you being so diplomatic about the situation, I think it's appropriate we don't mention the company we're talking about on this on this uh, episode because uh, it it ebbs and flows. But uh, we we wish it the best. But at the same time, you know, when you buy a seventy inch four K television and then you use like a crappy HD cable to hook it in, it's like, well, you just kind of bought something really good and then kind of didn't add to it the way that it was meant to be with all its potential. Like you kind of sold yourself short there. Like if you get a grail or if you get a really good Jersey, I know it's hard to keep the heart rate down and not like do accept funds like right away. But uh, it's really nice to have the hockey Jersey community to have your back and help you out and make sure that you're keeping yourself protected because these things are expensive. Uh, no one wants to see anyone else get screwed over. And it's important that, you know, everyone really appreciates uh, good quality work. And I think that's um, something else that you can find in the community yeah. is there's a lot of good people out there yeah. making really good jobs on jerseys. And then there's also people that are, through word of mouth that I'm learning from you that I'm like, you know what, maybe I need to give Jack Macy a, a call one of these yeah. days type situation. Well, cool. so, so the reason I like to go through people like Jack, well, and you used uh, a guy on the discord. Yeah. I'm going to give him a huge shout out right now. El Dumbasso Grande. He customized my uh, salmon skate to a 96 beret and it's incredible. Oh. It looks so good. Yeah. That thing is, uh, is that the one that you got? What was that one I was telling you about? I know you said I I was sort of an influence. Yeah, yeah. So the this is why I love the Jersey community. I'll try to make this story really quick. But you told me about a Jersey that someone really messed up and took a salmon skate and made it a Zach right, Cassian. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my god, please don't let that exist. <laughs> and El Dumbasso Grande knows that this should have never happened. So he stripped it and made it into a Mogilney. And that's what I was going for until someone else in the community tipped me to the fact that they knew I was looking for a medium-sized salmon skate. And uh, they found a blank one. And it was in a local Facebook marketplace ad out of BC. So there was no way I was going to be able to buy it. But then I wrote the guy and I was like, hear me out. So what if I buy it from you and ship it to El Damaso Grande and then El Damaso Grande makes it a beret and ships it to me. And he's like, I don't really care about the details. Just let me know where yeah. I need to send this yeah. thing. And then I tell yeah. uh, El Damaso Grande and one thing leads to another. He's totally cool with getting the jersey from me. He cleans the crap out of it before he does any work on it. He makes this thing look incredible. And then he sends it to me with like a nice little uh, like little inside joke note in the package. And that's what makes a mail day so amazing yeah. is just the the patience, but the community helping you towards your grails and, and your wants. And yeah, so is a is a good ending to the story for yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm 
Jack, uh, Jack's the same way. So, well, even though so more so, I would say small townish because he's he's out in the middle of I don't even know where Illinois, um, Indiana, Illinois, one of those I states, and uh, he, um, he's a college kid, which I didn't realize at first when I sent him stuff because like it was in the summer and he did some stuff and I was like, oh, okay, cool, man, appreciate it, thanks, you know, and then I what I was doing was I was hiding jerseys from my wife <laughs> she's so mad i have 15 jerseys now 16 including the two that she knows about no she does she does she doesn't even realize i have most of the time she just like she, if she happens to look in this closet she's like what the hell where did these go i'm like ah oh, they were real <laughs> but so i was hiding i was trying to hide one and i i, I felt bad because at first i was like hey so uh are you cool with this she's like yeah no problem just send it to me and then i'll customize it later and i was like okay cool because it's starting on the way Good, because I already needed to hide this for yeah. my wife, so I sent it yeah. to you. <laughs> so I actually did that with um, the first one that got to him like three months ago, and he was like, well, hey, actually, uh, I'm starting school again, so I'm not going to have time to customize jerseys because I don't like stay here at my house whenever I'm, you know, he's down at his college campus. So I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. So I was like, well, hey, that, that works out for me because then I can just send you some jerseys, break it up. You know, so like you're spending sixty bucks on the jersey now, and then thirty five dollars on the, on the, you know, installment yeah, plans. Well, I like this. Yeah, kind of like seven, sixty bucks for the jersey, thirty bucks for like the letter kit and all that stuff. And then when he does it in Chris around Christmas, then I'll send him another like hundred. I'll send him like hundred fifty bucks for doing it or whatever. So, because that's for two jerseys. So so it's pretty cool. And he does the same thing. He he, if he needed to strip, he'll strip it. If it just needs to be thoroughly cleaned he'll clean it you know all that kind of stuff so it's really cool that there's people out there that just do that and i would i agree you were talking earlier about how many people have learned how to sew i i would love to know the number of how many grown-ass men have learned how to sew with sewing machines just to make cool jerseys in covid because i'm pretty sure it's probably at least in the hundreds i am i'm right there with you it's so interesting how male dominated this industry is which we're not saying we don't uh want more females in it it's just the reality and then it's it's also just hilarious that like all these people know like the biggest bruisers ever in the nhl and like everything about hockey history but then they're also like oh but also make sure that you know with anything with stack sparkle twill you need to make sure never to use the washing machine on this setting with that color and it's like oh my god where did you learn that it's like well, I've been addicted a little longer than you, yeah. so I've picked up a few more things along the way, yeah. uh, a few more battle scars, so to speak, and stuff yeah. like that. And I, I think that's so true. And one of the other things and missions with this podcast is to provide that information for the community. There's a guy that I've really enjoyed seeing his how-to videos called Pens Jerseys. Uh, and he's done a great job for anyone that's looking to get into like the sewing level of this addiction. And there's also people that know how to care for them, wash them, make them. Uh, so there's a lot of that ahead that I'm really looking forward to sharing over the airwaves. And really, we keep giving a lot of love to the Reddit hockey jerseys community. That's That's totally what you know, helped us out through this whole journey. And all I'm trying to do is consolidate that information in a place for people and make sure it's accessible. 
I've been meaning to watch Penn's jerseys videos because I think he's I think he's completed them now. I think there's five videos where um you know he starts like okay step one cleaning it step two stripping step three cleaning or something yep. you know whatever. So he's got it all step by step how to how to stitch stacked how to stitch reverse kiss cut how to set up your i think the first video is actually how to set up your sewing machine or something so he's got like everything so that's pretty cool he's an awesome guy i need to watch that too and he's on instagram i think as well but yeah he's i actually have my i bought my wife i don't know five years ago a sewing machine that she's never figured out how to use and so it's sitting in this office i'm sitting in uh for me to figure out how to use so i can maybe start doing my own jerseys but we'll see if that ever happens Hey, so I know what we've been talking for a really long time here, and there's been a lot of really cool subjects that have come up. And we've also talked about some history and, and things like that. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. But I also want to try to give you a gift for coming on as well. And what we try to do around here is just as a little fun little gag near the end of the show or whenever it comes up really is do some trivia with every guest. And I know you're a big Tampa Bay Lightning fan, so I've tried to do my trivia around the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, a little bit, anyway. <laughs> and there's, you know, there's a huge prize on the line from our sponsors. Unfortunately, we don't have any sponsors right now, so I think I'm just making up the prizes as I yeah. go. And uh, I think a tub of OxyClean might be pretty fun, or maybe a Stanley Cup Finals patch or something like that. So we'll we'll work it out, but I'm not. I'm not going to worry about that. You got to get the questions right yeah. first. Uh, there's no point discussing the prize. <laughs> um, so here's how it works with trivia. It's a, it's three questions and yours is going to be a combination of fill in the blank, multiple choice and true false. And if you get two questions out of three, right, you'll be fine. I don't think you'll have any problem with this. You're pretty on top of your, hockey history with the tampa bay lightning so uh without further ado let's get into it your first question here is related to john cooper okay and it's a true false and it's john cooper since being the coach for the tampa bay lightning in 2013 that makes him the longest tenured active head coach in the nhl for one franchise true True or false false. Uh, true yeah that's right yeah, there's uh I it's it's a volatile market and it's interesting how a seven year tenure somewhere uh gets you a lot of cred these days. I think it probably would have been Joel Quenville before that. I, I would not know without looking it up, but yeah, he's been there a while and after that Stanley Cup win I'd I'd like to think he probably won't go anywhere for a little while longer. No, I, I give it uh if we can still stay competitive and like making it to the Stanley Cup finals, or maybe not the finals, but like the playoffs at least the next two or three seasons, then yeah. But if we just all of a sudden start tanking and it's because of him, then yeah, they could see him go. But I don't know. I doubt it. He could, he'll probably finish his contract. And then if they, you know, decide at that point, like, nah, we need some new blood, then, then I could see them. But I don't see them terminating him unless the team just completely turns into the Florida Panthers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, what an interesting story on John Cooper just from going to the being a head coach from being on Wall Street at one point. Well, and also, you know, it's it's just an interesting you he know, was a, situation. He He's, was a lawyer in Canada. Lawyer. Yeah, not Wall Street. 
okay. was a lawyer somewhere in Canada, and he played he played hockey in high school, but never in college, and because he was doing law stuff, and he's like, I don't have time for that. So I don't remember the college he went to. I think it was in Canada, so I wouldn't know. But uh, so went to university, as as you guys call it. Went to university, uh, didn't play, and he <laughs> became a lawyer and was playing hockey on like you know like a beer league type team with i want to say it was like a customer of his or some someone he knew like his boss or something like that and they were like hey my son needs a coach uh do you know how to coach and he's like no but i'll try whatever and then they won like like two or three championships in whatever league they were in and so then he kind of was like hey i kind of like this and then it progressively got crazier from there and literally every team he's coached has won a championship in whatever division they are. Like every single one. He was even at um, uh, Texarkana out in BFE, Texas. I don't even know if that's in Texas or Arkansas, but it's down out in the middle of nowhere. And they had like a, a low, low minors team. And even they, well, Pat Maroon, Pat Maroon was on the team. And even they won. They Like whatever they were in, they won that. And then he went to somebody else and then he went to St. Louis to some team in St. Louis and then he went to Syracuse and then he's in Tampa now. So yeah, he's won everywhere. Cause I think Syracuse won the caller cup whenever he was there. So he's won everywhere. Dude's amazing. This is what I like about having you on the show. Normally before every guest comes on, there's a segment where I talk about the history and it was all supposed to be about ownership. You did all of that for me. <laughs> And then with this, I had all of these notes on John Cooper, and you just set them all for me too. It's perfect. You know, it's uh, is I learned all that though because he did an interview on uh, 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 crap. What was the? It was really weird because NBC, not NBC, the NHL. Yeah, NBC has that sh- like the crap talk. Uh, Men in Blazers, where like the British soccer dude okay. interviews hockey players. It's like what? But he he told him that whole story. And so that's when I started diving into him and I was like, Oh my God, this guy's a God, like a coaching God. Like he, if he coaches the U S men's team, we're getting golds every year. Like, I, you know what I'm Oh, well, he Canada, excuse me. If he coaches the Canada team, well, they're getting golds every year anyway. So I guess that doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, for no, that. I appreciate the automatic championships. Yeah. You got, you got yeah, it, yeah. The Tampa Bay times had a, a, had an article and I'll just quote from it here. John Romano put it best where he just said um before he started chasing the stanley cup in tampa bay cooper had his fingerprints on the silver cup the robertson cup the clark cup and the calder cup maybe those names mean nothing to you but they represent championships at any level of hockey you can imagine yeah he's quite quite the guy It, it seems like an anomaly but then when you dig into him like you're saying it's like damn what a what a great choice lucky we have yeah exactly and what's crazy is all those other teams he won it either instantly or within like two or three seasons with the bolts he came in in 2013 and what 2015 we were in the playoffs like seriously in the playoffs like we lost in the eastern conference finals i think 15 16 we weren't in it or i I don't remember that they're all they all jumble up to me now i don't remember off the top of my head but yeah we were, he was right there even then too. Like and then we, it just took him six years to finally, or seven years now to finally actually win it. But yeah, he is just, he's such a good coach. Like it, it blows my mind that that's, that's, 
that's up there with like you know college football like Nick Saban kind of territory like the dude's just a god as far as coaching goes <laughs> and then in the NFL Bill Belichick in the NBA um our Spurs coach Greg Popovich yeah I, I'm a Spurs fan too so Greg Popovich is a god but he's you know he's at the end of his career too he's just getting too old but so John Cooper's going to be up there with those guys, like the greatest coaches ever in their, you know, respective sports. Yeah, definitely no bias opinion there, but it'll be interesting. I, I, I can't, I can't disagree with you so far because he's. What yeah, other coach he, has ever done that? One at ever. Well, and and continual success in a league that's very volatile and very competitive, like the NHL is, uh, where it's a lot harder to be consistently making the playoffs than the NBA. Excuse me, but it's yeah. true. Um, that that carries a lot of weight to it for sure. So the only thing that he can go from here, this will be the last thing I say about Cooper, is the only thing he can go from here is if he wins, if he coaches like a World Junior call, not even World Junior, if he does like a IHF championship or World Series. Yeah, like a coach version of the Triple Gold right. yeah. Club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so if he does that and wins gold for Canada, and then the actual no shit Olympics, if he coaches them and they win gold, then he's done. Like what else? Like, Oh, I guess I'll go to the KHL now and coach them. Like he's just going to go and win, sweep all the trophies. From all the <laughs> It'll be interesting. He's a smart guy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him to uh, get into a bit of a contract heated situation in Tampa when it's all said and done, because the two guys that have commanded big contracts after have been Barry Trotz and, uh, Babcock, Mike Babcock, and they're trying to collectively raise the salary market for coaches overall. And it'll just be interesting to see if that plays itself out because I think Cooper's some guy that would kind of try to keep that narrative going. So, I mean, we'll he see. deserves it, especially Cooper. Yeah, they definitely deserve it. All right. So, moving on, you touched on this a little bit earlier when you were talking about uh, the Amelie Arena. And uh, Tropicana, I think, was mentioned in there, too. So this is a multiple-choice question for you. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning now play in Amelie Arena. And I'm curious from you, what was the name of the arena they played their first-ever professional hockey game in? Was it A, the Ice Palace, B, the Thunderdome, or C, Expo Hall. Expo Hall. Correct. That's, that's still right. there. So that's actually the state fairground. No shit. I'm not kidding you. The state fairgrounds Expo Hall. Like that. That's not like some catchy name or a bit. Like it is literally an Expo Hall where they like show off pigs and horses and shit. And they just converted it into a temporary ice, you know, hockey arena. I think it only held like 8,000 fans, not even like four or five. 11,000 yeah. seat expo hall in the at the Florida State Fairground. Yeah. So it's not like and I like how it says at the Florida State yeah. Fairground. So it's like it's not even what was built for the only reason to go there. It's part of attractions that are there. Yeah. So and I've been in there for a boat show before and I'm like this place was tiny. How the hell do they have a hockey pro professional hockey in here, you know? Um I really wish I kind of I would love I'm still a huge advocate for the NHL to do a stadium series game between Tampa Bay and like the Florida Panthers or Tampa Bay and Carolina or something in the Tropicana field still because we I think we hold I don't remember if we hold the record still or we did at one point we played our like 
<laughs> what was it? You're taking, yeah, this is exactly what I was going to say about this question. Oh, like, well, um, am I getting ahead of you? No, no, I think this is exactly what I was commenting on before. I love this is what I love about you is you just take all of the interesting fact about this little this thing after yeah. after I say the answer. Yeah. But you're basically going to say that um, when they played at the Thunderdome and they were in their third season and made the playoffs against the Flyers, their their game three playoff game broke the record for NHL attendance before the outside yeah. uh, Heritage Classic with the Oilers. Yeah. Right? yeah, and so yeah, so that tells you how long they held that for because that when was that Oilers outdoor classic? Mm-hmm. Twenty, I don't even know. It's not two thousand nine. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'll try to look that up. But yeah. And so here it is. The credit. So the record was 28,183. And it was the largest crowd until the Heritage Classic in Edmonton in 2000. Oh, okay. I thought it was. And that was in 1995-96. So the record stood for like almost uh, 10 years, about seven years. So, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. You know, we've got a lot of bragging points for being a team that started in a literal barn. So here's the third question, and that's kind of a good segue from what you just picked up on. So Tampa Bay not doing so great in their first year, dealing with like no one really taking them seriously. A lot of people think the next year when the Lightning go into the Thunderdome and they're playing exhibition games, they did this as a little bit of a publicity stunt to kind of raise awareness over the team so here's the question it's fully in the blank you already got the first two right you're already getting the prize but i'm pretty sure you're going to get this one right too and it is um that one of the interesting things about the tampa bay lightnings in their history is this player becomes the first woman to play in an nhl game which also made her the first woman to play in any of the major professional north american sport leagues who is this person Menon Realme or Realm. Um, yes. So, yeah. But Felicitacion. Yeah. For the longest time, like you said, everybody thought it was just a publicity stunt that they didn't really care. They didn't think she was going to do it and um, uh, or that they knew she wasn't going to make it. And she went on there and said that it took a long time. But one of the coaches, the goalie coaches or whoever from the time, assistant coaches admitted that they originally had no intention of like, like they didn't think she would make it at all. And then she actually did so good in like the practices, you know, the summer kind of practices that they do to see who makes what roster, what team for the, for like the preseason type games. And he admitted that she actually surprised him and like all of them that she did so good that uh, she earned. Cause I think she started whatever that preseason game was. And she was, she wasn't on for very long and she let in a couple goals, but um yeah so she actually started that game and they're like no she deserved it like it was not just a publicity stunt like she earned it and then obviously they just had better goalies or whatever but she sadly she bounced around a lot uh, in the ahl and echl and all the other hls she was also an olympic silver medalist um i really hope that they keep going and and grow and people like menon keep uh you know, bringing hockey to that kind of community and stuff so that other people, not not just females, but like, you know, other minorities and, 
and other races and stuff get involved in it too because it's just you know it's a pretty it's a pretty rad sport and uh it can be all inclusive uh no matter where it's at uh you just need ice that's the only shitty part is you need the ice yeah it's it's well said and i i do want to comment on what you were saying a little bit about just how much i appreciate what she did for hockey because that's why i made her part of the trivia was i wanted to give her a big shout out um she you know gets a little underappreciated compared to someone like Haley wickenheiser um Haley wickenheiser is one of my favorite hockey players of all time Haley wickenheiser is uh yeah she's in my top five uh, favorite forwards of all time 100 100 percent number two or what's that number two or something she was my number yeah. two. Yeah, I think she's done more for hockey than a lot of um, my favorite NHL men players. But I think part of what she was able to do for hockey is the result of someone like Menon Rayom, who was not only the first female goalie to play in uh, any of the f- professional sports at the at that level, but you know she she was trailblazing her entire life. She was the first female goaltender to play for a boys team in the 84 Quebec International Pee Wee Hockey Tournament. Uh, she was the first female woman to, or first woman to play in a men's major junior hockey game. She was the first woman to try out for an NHL team with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, she played uh, the opening period in that exhibition game against the Blues. And um, she also played for the Lightning the following season in the preseason in 93. And, you know, she did a lot for the sport of hockey. And I just want to give her a big shout out and uh, appreciate what she's done. Like what you said, she's paved the way. This sport is becoming more inclusive. And it's really nice to have examples of people like her to look upon as a, a positive role model. Yeah, and I would, I would to, you know, as we say in the Air Force, to piggyback off that, um, I would suggest people find her, not to take your listeners away from you, but uh, I would suggest they find that bar down or spit and shit. I'm pretty sure it was a bar down uh, interview with her because she gives her whole backstory. Like you're talking about being the first, she was the first for all those things at a young age as well, but it, it didn't come right away. She was older in those peewee leagues and all that stuff because they wouldn't take her right away. So, um, she had to fight a lot of adversity and, and she almost quit a couple of times. And, and, you know, I'm sure now there's many, many women out there who play either professionally or even collegiately or, you know, for, for the shits and giggles of it, that would probably appreciate that she didn't quit um, because they kind of, you know, as a young girl in the nineties watching her, they're probably, Oh, I can do that. Then too, if she could do it, you know, or so. Uh, so yeah, I definitely recommend people go and seek out that interview if you can. No, that's it. You're never allowed back. You're not allowed to recommend other people's podcasts on this podcast. No, of course. That's that's what we love about the hockey community. There's a lot of amazing stories out there. There's a lot of good stories being told. And I I think what's great is that uh we're all touching on different subjects, you know. And not not pardon the pun, but there's a common thread here. Hockey Jersey Addicts is like a great place to talk jerseys, but now we're talking about a subject that's near and dear to our hearts that other people find near and dear to their hearts. And 
you know, we can start talking about jerseys, but we can end on love of hockey in general. And, you know, I think that's what's great about the hockey community, not just my podcast or anyone else's out there. Um, we just appreciate each other. So I appreciate you, Kenny. Uh, that that kind of wraps up this episode, too. I, I want to say that it's been so much fun talking to you about not only how you got into it, how you quickly became addicted, but also just what you're doing with your collection. And I appreciate what you're doing to learn more about the team that you're following as a, as a result of that. So uh, thank you again for coming on before we sign off. Is there any shout outs or thanks or anything you want to tell people how they can find you out there that you want to say? Yeah, sure, man. So uh, I'd like to thank you and uh, uh, other guys that have kind of really got me into, you know, the hockey community. Um, uh, you're an enabler like I am. So you and your sneakers, me and my sneakers, we do that. So appreciate you. Uh, you've probably influenced at least two or three jersey purchases in the last year. But um, yeah, so my my jersey um, Instagram handle is uh, small, S-M-O-L underscore boy, B-O-I underscore Spock, uh, as in like, you know, Star Trek Spock. Um, I know it's kind of crazy, but uh, that's that's me. That's for my jerseys. I post all my jerseys and stuff out there. Um, I try to have fun on there. I don't, I don't ever do anything crazy like some of your other guests uh, auctioning off things or anything like that. It's just for me to communicate with other fans and, and drool over Jersey designs and stuff. So um, I'm on the, we get on the Reddit. If you're not on the Reddit uh, subreddit for hockey jerseys, there's a discord as well that you can find a link for out there. Get on that. Yep. Um, tons and tons of helpful people out there. So, so um, get on that and just make friends and, don't buy bad jerseys. Don't buy fakes. I like that polyester service announcement there at the end. That's good. Well, thanks again. Really appreciate you coming on. You have a great rest of your week. Good luck with your grails and watch lists and uh, searches out there. I hope a storm jersey finds its way into your mailbox soon. And uh, if if it doesn't, you know you're getting a tub of OxyClean because you won your trivia. So congrats there. Appreciate too. that. Some, I got like three jerseys I could put it in put in that so appreciate that that's right all right well have a great rest of the week and uh good luck and I'll, I'll talk to you later all right, thanks bud bye all right we are gonna play a little round Senators Jeopardy. In 2014, this University of Ottawa alumnus was presented with the Guinness World Record for most episodes of a game show hosted, which has now exceeded 7,600. Who is Alex Herbeck? That's correct! Alex, welcome to Canadian Tire Centre. Tell us, what are you doing here in Ottawa? Well, yesterday, I, I assume most people know, I had the honor of being made an officer of the Order of Canada at Rideau Hall by our new Governor General. And today, I'm here to watch the Ottawa Senators play hockey. Weekends don't get any better than this, believe me. Thank you all. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the game. Off the defenseman ankle, 
Fuhrer stretched with his right leg, made a heck of a save, folks, but it bounced off his right leg, underneath his tummy, hit his left leg, and dribbled over the line. He attempted and almost made a great save. Where are we? Back it up a little bit. Just back it up a little bit. Back it up a little bit. That's it. Come on, Al. Back it up. Back it up. That's it. Come on. Back it up. Back it up. That's a little bit more. All right. Stop.